Good evening, Res Life. It is good to be here with you. I have been in bed sick all day, so just so you know, I've just been resting. And I, uh, my wife said, are you going to go preach? I'm like, shoot, yeah, I'm going to go preach. So it is good to be here with you tonight. If, if I seem a little uh, out of it, I am. So I uh, came tonight, though, because this word that I felt the Lord had put on my heart when Josh invited me to be a part of Wednesday night, which, by the way, thank you, Josh, for allowing me to be a part of the team here. I really feel tonight I have something that's just going to fit so perfectly for what the Lord does here on Wednesday nights. I mean, your theme is, again, I remember last time saying unplugged worship, a little more relaxed, activating the word, and spirit-led. Tonight, I'm really praying that we will be spirit-led. I did not know when I came here to preach tonight I was going to be feeling poor, but it is very appropriate for what I'm going to share with you tonight. So it's really cool how I think even in our sickness, and our weakness, the Lord manifests himself, and I'm praying for that tonight. I'm praying that you will come just with an open spirit of what the Lord would do in your heart and in your life. I was, to set it up, I want to say this. If you knew that Friday... Today's Wednesday, Wednesday night. If you knew that Friday at 10.30, Friday at 10.30, Jesus is going to be at Costco parking lot. I just want you to take a second now and think about that. If you knew that Jesus, Jesus Christ, our Savior, was going to show up and be at the Costco parking lot at, at, at 10.30 Friday morning, how hard would you work to get there? I just want you to think about that for yourself a second. Because the story I'm going to read to you tonight is kind of that scenario. Let me, let me tell you something, and then let me ask you again. So Jesus has just been up to Rockford, and he healed every disease in Rockford. And then he went into Wyoming, and all the people that gathered around, thousands came to him, and he touched and healed every one of their diseases. Then he goes down to Kalamazoo, and he does the same thing there. And then you know Friday at 1030, he's at Costco. I think that I would try to get as many of my friends, as many people as I know, etc., to try to get there. Especially since I got the news that he heals Every disease, because there were some diseases maybe you could work through and get rid of a little bit, but every disease. I, like, I got a feeling that Spectrum Hospital would say, release the gates, and there they'd go. Everybody would be driven down to Costco. Matthew chapter 5 is the Beatitudes. As soon as I say that, you go, oh, I know what he's going to preach about. Hang on, hang on. Before you go to Matthew chapter 5 and read the Beatitudes, I want you to see what happened here. Jesus has just done this little tour of healing. Okay, he just did the little tour of healing. He's about to head to Costco. When he gets to where he can see the crowd at Costco at 1030 on Friday morning, he's got a few disciples with him. He looks over and he sees a really large, as expected, crowd. And the Bible says... He turned, and he went up to a little place, and he sat down, and he called the disciples with him. So here's Jesus coming and arriving at the scene 
where there are thousands of people waiting to see him. And instead of walking right over to him, he says, hey, boy, come over here a second. I need to tell y'all something. And he's about to tell them something that we call the Beatitudes, which we love in Scripture. And I just think it's an interesting scenario where our Savior, knowing the crowds are out there waiting for him, says, they can wait a second. I got to tell you guys something. Which, by the way, uh, I, I want to just say to you, to some of you who have a friend who's in a tough spot, in a situation right now where they need help, and you're seeing yourself as the Savior, you know, i got to help them. Can I just show you something? Jesus himself took a little time before he went over there. So don't think you have to always rush and do everything at high, high speed. Sometimes it's okay to chill a little bit. Think it through. Jesus was going to show his disciples, there's a way bigger picture here I need y'all to see because I won't be with you forever and I'm going to need this to carry on because in 2019 at Res Life, there are going to be some people that need to come to see me and need to come be touched and healed by me. And I want to show you all the principles of how that works. So Jesus sat down with his disciples and he began to say, these phrases, I'm sorry, these phrases are very unconventional. Um, I've been thinking a lot about how unconventional God's teachings and his word really are. I mean, y'all think of your favorite Old Testament story. Just think of it. Just think, pick any of them. Daniel in the lion's den, not conventional. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, not conventional. The Garden of Eden, not conventional, a serpent. Just unconventional. It's like Josh said tonight. We, we pray and we have in our mind how God will answer that prayer. And God goes, do y'all not get, I got a whole different way and avenue I do things. And it's not man-made, it's God-led. And tonight, I want to just kind of call out to you and ask you if you're one of these people. That's, that's what tonight is about. Because Jesus looked over there. The reason Jesus gave us the Beatitudes is because he knew what the crowd of, I, I'm guessing, thousands over there in the Costco parking lot, the group of people that were waiting for him to come and heal them, he knew what they were struggling with. But he didn't list off diseases in the Beatitudes. He didn't list off ailments in the Beatitudes. He lists off some other stuff. Here's the first one. He said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Are you here tonight? And your spirit is just beat up. I, I'm not at that spot tonight, but I've had that place where my spirit is just discouraged. I've just had it. Uh, I don't want to see anybody. Jesus said, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. If you're here tonight and you're discouraged in your spirit, did you know that Jesus really loves to meet you in that spot? That's where he does some of his best work. You have to connect with this if your spirit is low tonight. You got a family situation that you've battled with for years and you just you're just tired. 
And here it comes again. We're getting close to Thanksgiving and Christmas, and they're going to be coming back over. And your spirit's just already dreading it. You know, our office is at Winning at Home. It's really interesting. Our office is at Winning at Home. Come Thanksgiving, Christmas, man, oh, man, there's so many more people come. Because it's just hard. Poor in spirit. I've battled with this for a long time, and I'm worn out. And Jesus said, yours is the kingdom of heaven. And then he said, blessed are those who mourn. Do y'all like, I don't like to mourn. I, I don't like mourning. I, uh, Jane and I went two days ago. Uh, we have a friend who her son was just killed. He's 28. He was killed in an automobile accident. Some of you may have seen that. It was in the Highland area. It was a friend of Jane and mine. We went to the funeral home two night, days ago. I don't know what to say to this mom. I don't know what to say to the wife who has a 13-week-old first baby with this young guy. There aren't words. There's just mourning. You just go up and you just hug and you just say, I'm sorry. And you just pray with them. And the only thing you can really say is, Jesus said, you will be comforted. Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. He was, look, guys, you, you get, he's talking to his disciples, but he sees the thousands gathered over there going, these people are hurting. These people are struggling. And guys, a lot of them have been mourning. And today... We're going to bring comfort to them. When you carry Jesus with you into your home, into your workplace, if you carry him in that loving, caring way that he carried himself, you bring comfort to those who are mourning. You know, sometimes I say, people will say to me, boy, Dan, I wish I could do ministry like you. I, I have that comment to me sometimes, people in the business world, whatever, and I'll say to them, hang, hang on a second. That bothers me when you do that. I've, I've been called to do this, but you've been called to do what you do in life. Do you know it's your job, where you work right now, there's somebody coming to work tomorrow morning who's really hurting. And they need somebody to comfort them. You could be that person. You are doing ministry in everything that you do. That mom yesterday, uh, she said, I'm angry. And I said, that's fair. <laughs> Mourning involves anger. Some of you tonight have a situation you're angry about. You're normal. Jesus got you. And he says, I will comfort you there. And, you know, I'm standing up here. And sometimes as a preacher, you feel like everybody knows this stuff. But, man, I think it's important that I remind you, Jesus is your comforter. People aren't your comforters. They can help. My family's not my comfort. They're around me. I love them. They say nice words to me. But it's ultimately Jesus that gets me through my stuff. And I want you to find comfort in that. I'm not a political guy, but it just comes to my mind yesterday that during the Democratic debate, there was a commercial run. I don't know if you all saw that, but Ronald Reagan's son, Ronald Jr., ran an ad, a big ad that's been all over the news today. He said, I'm an atheist, and I don't care if I burn in hell. And I thought, 
That's a crazy message. Being sent to a world that so wants to be comforted. And I want to tell y'all, the name of Jesus is a bold and beautiful name that we all get to carry. Carry it with you and comfort those who are mourning. Because the world is going down the, the hole that says there is no God. And, and Josh and I were talking about that before the service. We, we have the ability and the beauty to know that God is God is God. And today, I want you to be encouraged to know he has you if you're mourning. You're in a difficult spot. God sees you tonight. I imagine, we're just sitting there with the disciples and Jesus, I'm just preaching y'all tonight, literally Jesus' very words. What do you think his disciples were thinking? Then Jesus says, blessed are the meek. <laughs> y'all know any really meek kind of, we see meek people and we kind of go, come on man, get a backbone. There's a lady I know, lives in my neighborhood. She's the meekest woman I've ever met in my life. I'll sometimes, sometimes say to Jane, that woman is so meek. I, I've never seen her be uh, abused, but I've seen people take advantage of her. Meek people are pushovers. You can impose your will on a meek person. Some of you who are married to a meek person, you feel pretty strong because you can tell them that's not the way it's going to be, and they'll meek right down. And Jesus, he had a special heart for those people. He said, blessed are the meek, watch this, for they will inherit the earth. Watch this. If you are the spouse who's always kind of meeking down your spouse, be careful, eternity might flip on you. The meek have a special place in God's heart. And I will tell you, this is an interesting thought. My neighbor, I never worry that she would ever do anything to harm me. Meek people are wonderful people to be around. And tonight, if you're meek and you say, nobody ever really talks about meek. Y'all don't look at me, walk around up here and preach. and all that. Now there's a meek guy. Y'all don't associate meekness with me. The meek are um, usually doing jobs that aren't seen. And Jesus goes, those are the ones that nobody's paying attention to, but I am. So I challenge you in your life, when you have the opportunity to maybe lord it, be meek. Because the meek inherit there. All those sheep that are over in Costco parking lot waiting for Jesus, there's a lot of meekness over there. They're obviously not the leaders of the society. Blessed are those, verse 6, who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. I thought about all the things. Can y'all just fill in the blank here? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for. What's the thing that you try to sometimes fill your life up with? Put it in there. Instead of righteousness, what's the thing that sometimes you hunger and thirst for? And then when you get it, not filling. Last for a second. We live in a um, sexual crazy world. We do. We're honest, we do. 
And a lot of people go, that will fulfill me. Ah, 15 minutes. Then you're right back to empty. And Jesus probably looking over there thought, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Righteousness fills you up. Anybody in here who is seeking Jesus like crazy, you've been spending a lot of time with him, you're more full than you used to be. It's just the nature of how it works. It's what God's word teaches. Blessed are the merciful. Uh, Merciful means people who show kindness and mercy to someone when you have the power to lord it over them or make them pay. Who in your life right now could use a little mercy from you? Who do you have the ability to kind of control, manipulate, work through, get what you want? And you go, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to be merciful because then I will obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. Are you a peacemaker? Is there any of you today who um, you riled it up even more? A peacemaker is a person who works to smooth things over. Listen, according to the dictionary, especially with their adversaries. That was Jesus. What do some of you need to do to bring peace to a situation tonight where you haven't brought peace? You know, this is something I've been working on in my life uh, with my wife, Jane. I'll be preaching here a few Sunday mornings down the road. Pastor Dwayne asked me to preach in some marriage series. I'm looking forward to that. And I've been learning a lot about being a peacemaker with Jane. Let me show you one of the specific things I've done. I'll probably talk about it again. But I noticed when we don't have peace, I escalate. I get louder and she gets louder. I get louder again. You get louder go over there. I can get louder and louder. I've been doing exactly the opposite. So if I'm upset, if I'm not doing well, instead of talking to her this way, I will talk to her this way. And if that's still not good, I'll, I'll talk even softer. So instead of escalating, I de-escalate. It's brought, she'll laugh at me sometimes and go, I can't even hear you talking. I'm like, perfect. That's probably the best scenario right now. And it's, it's crazy, but it's brought peace because I bring something different to the table. And some of you in the room, you're not peacemakers. You're escalators like me. And I'm telling you, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons and daughters of God. When you bring peace, that's what Jesus would do. Are you bringing peace? Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kind of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. I saw on the news and I was reading about some Christians who in another country have just been being violently abused, etc. And they were rejoicing because they were being flogged for the name of Jesus. It's 
crazy. And I want you to know that, you know, here at Res, and I love the Wednesday nights because it's so relaxed, but I just got to tell y'all, you get to hang out in the presence of the Lord a lot here. And do y'all realize our society just doesn't get to do what we're doing tonight? That, that world out there is rushing by. And there's, what, a few hundred of us in this room. Jesus sees where you are tonight. There is no one here that he doesn't know your circumstance or situation. There's no one here that he doesn't care about. And we're going to do what they did in that day. They're going to gather together. In a minute, I'm going to invite you all to come down front. We're going to pray over each other. We're going to pray with each other, et cetera. What I've kind of done is like Jesus. I kind of went over here and said, hey, before we go over to the crowd and start praying and stuff, let's talk about what really matters. And Jesus reminds us what matters is simple living that honors him. Y'all are simple people. I, I get it. You're here on Wednesday night. You might have come because you knew I was speaking, whoop-de-woo, that's fine if you did, but it, it's not, whether it's me, Josh, or whatever. All we're trying to do is bring the name of Jesus to a higher, exalted place. And tonight I'm literally reading you Jesus' words. And when you walked in, I thought about it driving over here because I'm, I'm weak in, I'm not weak in spirit, I'm weak in body tonight, just weak in body. Well, Lord, give me strength. I feel fine. I'm good. But I'm weak. And that's where Jesus loves to use us. Like, this is always interesting. Josh, you probably know this too. I'll sometimes preach. And when I get done and walk off the stage, I will in my mind go, you kicked it, baby. That was good. I, I think that. And then there are other times I walk off the stage and I go, okay, have you ever spoken before? Do you even know how to speak? I mean, it's just the way I feel. And it's usually that night when I walk down and I'm going, usually that's the night I'll get emails, I'll get all kinds of stuff. People going, wow, God used you tonight. And I go, he must have because I sure didn't do it. And it makes a lot of sense. Because in our weakness, he is strong. And tonight... Um, we're literally going to do this. I'm, I'm literally going to pretend it's Costco and it's 1030 and the crowd's going to gather. And we're going to come. We're going to bring our, our brokenness. We're going to bring our hurts. We're going to bring our mourning. We're going to bring our poor spirits. And we're going to pray. Because the crowds who came to Jesus every time went away rejoicing. No fanfare, no big rah-rah. I'm literally going to invite you to stand if you'd like to pray about something tonight, to come down around this altar and kind of imagine Jesus is going to be here with us because according to the Word of God, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, is here. And I'm going to invite you to come and just give whatever your issue is to Him. So... Bow your heads, if you will. But if the Lord's already speaking to your heart about something, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to invite you to stand on up. Stand up and come down here and pray. So if the Lord is speaking to you and just you got something you want to lay before Jesus, come down and kneel. Uh, somebody kneel alongside the people you see kneeling. If you'd like to do that, I'd appreciate it. But let's just come and kneel before the Lord. Any, you can't 
you can't come for a wrong reason. Any issue that you want to bring before the Lord, the crowd tonight is going to come to Jesus. We'll have a little music played in the background here. I see the worship team helping me out. But come and pray. Bring whatever you have to the Lord tonight. Lay it at his feet. And let me read these words to you again. I just want to read the second half of all the things. I want. This is what you guys are coming to tonight. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. They will be comforted. They will inherit the earth. They will be shown mercy. They will see God. They will be called sons and daughters of God. That's why we're coming. Because it's not about us. It's all about you, Jesus. So just pray. Lay your issue before the Lord. If you're here in the audience, I'm going to go down too. I'm going to go down and kneel and pray. Pray for my weak body. Pray for the Lord to continue to bless what I'm trying to do for him. Just come. I invite you in this relaxed atmosphere with his spirit to come pray tonight.